You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue our ongoing coverage of Nip Tuck. We are very much deep and hard, that sounds wrong, into the fifth season as we move into <laughs> the twelfth episode uh, of the fifth season, uh, Lulu Grandi, and a, a very interesting episode. I'm very intrigued to see how we both feel about this one at the end of it, because uh, to me, this is a quintessentially nip-tuck episode. It's got kind of all the boxes that you want to tick about an episode of nip-tuck, so I I enjoy this episode. I think it's a good one. My name is Ben, and I'm a little whore, and I want you to hit me. And my name's Nick, and uh, you've got the tits of a 30-year-old. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you noticed. Um, I just got them done, just for you. Uh, you know, the weird thing is, is when you said that I actually looked down at my chest. I don't know why, but, um, you know. Just, <laughs> just, just, just confirming the yeah, fact. Just, just confirming. Uh, this is, yeah, this is an interesting episode. I mean, again, I think it's very nip-tuck, I think, is a way to describe this one. But there's a lot going on in this, and uh, obviously the end of this kind of sets up some things moving forward as we, we get to, I guess, the first finale of this season, because as we've discussed a lot, this is a very unique season. It's a long season with, um, you know, two distinct halves, or I guess a two-thirds and another third. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I enjoy this episode. Yeah, yeah, totally. I uh, I think it does, as you said at the top, kind of ticks a lot of the boxes that, that make this a, a, a nip-tuck-type episode. Um, yeah, it's funny because, you know, like we're, we're um, as, as you rightly said, deep and hard <laughs> into season five now and... Um, I kind of think we talked a lot about this was the, this was the moment when the show starts to go off the rails. But you know whether it's just diminishing returns and I'm getting used to it, or maybe we're like frogs in a you know in a pot of water and we're slowly turning the temperature up or whatever it might be. But I'm not noticing a huge drop off in quality just yet. This is yeah, it ticks a lot of boxes, and um, I think it's just it's good fun really. I definitely think we are weeks away from that cliff. That that definitely we are <laughs> we are in a car that's getting very close to the edge, and there's a couple of moments in the coming weeks that we'll see our wheels dangle over the edge. But it's only a few more weeks until we sadly do go over that cliff when it's going to be mainly bad <laughs> and not good. But uh, this is a good one. I think this is definitely a good one. Um, but we we've got Bliss Burger back. We like Bliss. We've talked a lot about her. One of Ryan Murphy's favourites. Uh, when it comes to, uh, actors, Leslie Grossman, we like her. And she's here with Colleen and talking to Sean about, uh, some potential things for him, uh, when it comes to maybe being a judge at Miss Teen USA or in an ad campaign for Sizzler. Uh, do you have Sizzler in New Zealand or have you? Cause I mean, Sizzler is kind of one of those companies, at least here in Australia, that kind of, it only really exists here in Queensland now, as I've discovered since I've lived here. But, um, it used to be a big thing when I grew up. Is that a thing that you've had there in New Zealand? Yeah, we definitely had that. It was kind of like that, you know, because it used to be that you had restaurants and you had fast food and you kind of had nothing in the middle for a while and Sizzler and Valentine's and places like that kind of came in and filled that gap in the middle that was like, you know, low-cost restaurant dining, which was usually not great, but, you know, it was, you know, affordable to families, I suppose. So, yes, we did have them. And uh, when I was recently in Queensland, I did see a Sizzler and brought back a few memories. And, yeah, yeah, so uh, I, I didn't realise it was an American thing, actually. I, I thought it was Australian. I'm not quite sure why, but yeah, there you go. I've learned something. Me too, yeah. I mean, it could be like one of these things like uh, we have a Target in Australia and America's got a Target and I think they used to be aligned, but now they're completely different things. I don't know, but... Um, yeah, since I've lived in Queensland, I've been to Sizzler twice. Um, the first time was good, the second time was shit. So, 
kind of like Sizzler, kind of like this show. You listen to one episode, you're like, yeah, that was good. And then a week later, you're like, oh, God, I'm never listening to that again. Um, but <laughs> we we, I, we get a bit of, you know, animosity between uh, Bliss and Colleen here. And kind of obviously we're going to be setting up to a big reveal with Colleen coming up later in this episode. And poor old Christian gets the brunt of uh, some uh, Colleen, I guess, advice here. Uh, he's, you know, wanting to get famous still. And poor old Colleen just basically says, you suck. So Christian goes off and sulks, and we meet the titular character of this episode, Lulu Grandire. Now, um, I don't know if she's meant to be someone. Like, there's a few, if you notice in the text at the beginning, you know, special guest stars. Uh, this played by Donna Mills. Now, I don't know if this is kind of before our time, but are you familiar with this woman? I've never heard of her before, but some of these sort of older actresses, I feel, we're meant to know who these people are, but I think they may be before our time. Yeah, I mean, she certainly has a note of familiarity. I don't know what it is about her, but there is there is definitely something about her that um, that that yeah, I feel like I've kind of seen that before. But uh, yeah, it doesn't ring any huge bells for me. I'm looking here. I mean, it seems like she might be a bit of a soap op- soap opera actress. Um, not landing. Uh, she's been in that a lot. Melrose Place, like kind of these very, you know, soap opery shows. So it fits quite well in here, apparently, into uh, Nip Tuck. But uh, she's here. She's part of uh, society, high society. Uh, she initially wants to speak to Sean, but uh, unfortunately, only Christian's available. And basically, she's saying that she's a she's part of a group that makes uh, all the rich executives in Hollywood, uh, you know, big and well known, and then divorces them and takes their money. And they've got their own personal plastic surgeon, but he's retiring. Um, but she is wanting to interview new people to come along, and uh, obviously wanted Sean, but Christian's there, and invites him to come along to her house uh, on Saturday. At 9pm, so uh, this is kind of the setting up here of this. Uh, and I'll just throw in here also the Kimber and Eden scene. Uh, I do like the the sign, the sign, line here when Christian's talking about, I thought there were seven signs of the apocalypse, not two. Uh, and then we meet, uh, <coughs> find out that Eden's been doing porn all of a sudden since she uh, got caught with Aiden in the sex tape. Uh, she's now working with Ram and Kimber in the porn industry. And we get this very uh, fun scene, let's be honest of uh, Kimber and Eden on a bed with each other, pretending to, I guess, be in love with each other. Uh, a film called Inside Kimber Henry. So we're initially going to call this podcast Inside Ben Waterworth, but it didn't really sound too well. And we find out that during this scene, Eden got punched by Kimber and wants to get her face fixed. And uh, we also, I guess, kind of get a scene here with Sean uh, sort of consulting with Eden and Eden, I guess, wanting Sean to find a way to get her out of her porn contract and she just doesn't want to be able to be there. So a, lot, a few things I've just lumped all together there, kind of the first opening bits, but uh, yeah, we've got our setup really for this episode going on here. Yeah, exactly. It's all the kind of setup scenes that we're going to get. Um, yeah, I do like this kind of, the, well, of course I'm going to like this porn scene and, you know, like it's the... the, the kind of mirror image thing i think it's you know, it's quite a quite a fun idea that they've kind of put together and um you know i think they do a good job of it um yeah so i think we get all these kind of fun kind of setups and a little bit of a callback i mean i don't know if you agree but um you know this whole thing that we're setting up with christian going to see this group of women it kind of reminds me of um very different circumstances but when he was going to see housemaids who are all getting their botox you know it's this mm. kind of this group session that and I've been setting up, so it does feel like we're getting a few callbacks, and um, it's kind of one of those things that I don't think would work 
if Sean was doing it, it only works if Christian's doing it. So I think the setup's really good. Um, we obviously kind of get a little bit of a, you know, um, some kind of foreshadowing that perhaps all is not correct there with Eden. And it, it is quite an interesting um, transition from where we saw Eden, I think, to suddenly being in this role. It, it does feel like we've maybe missed a little bit of her story. Um, but that might just be because I really like the Eden story. So, I, you know, I just want to see more of it. But it does feel like we have made a bit of a sudden jump, really, in terms of where she's gone. Which is maybe, again, going back to some problems with this season, maybe it is the overall length and they kind of have a lot of these bits that you feel should go places but they don't, you know, Christian sort of gigolo story and kind of just other things because I feel in the coming weeks with Eden, it just comes and goes. Like, we've kind of got this nice scene between her and Sean and kind of, you know, help me and kind of the the bit where she asks for him to kiss her just before she goes under and we're going to get another nice scene with him this episode. And then ultimately, from this to what we're going to get in a couple of weeks, kind of with her and Julia and stuff like that, it just kind of goes all over the place. And, you know, I'm with you. I'm a huge fan of the Eden character and kind of the majority of her storyline. But I just don't know if they just get lost along the way of what they were meant to do with her because it's just just weird. It's kind of like you're meant to feel sorry for her because she's, you know, swept up in this. But then at the same time, she's ultimately completely evil at the same time. Yeah, we've kind of built her up as being this character that's, um, you know, almost as the big bad of this first half of the season, really. I mean, I don't think this first half has a real kind of villain as such. You know, we don't have a James or an Escobar or somebody like that, but she is kind of the antagonist, I suppose, more than anything else. And, um, yeah, this kind of then throws her back into... And I guess we kind of saw a, a few kind of signs of that, you know, that vulnerability that she kind of showed to Sean when he was kind of kissing her on the bed, which is, you know, one of the um, previously on scenes at the start of the episode. So we do get a little bit of that. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. It is a little bit hard to buy that, you know, we're to feel this kind of um, this pity for her and you know I think that that's, that's not a bad thing to kind of be building the story that you know she is still reminding everybody that she's still young and some of the things she's doing are you know probably she's just gotten in a little bit deeper than she really meant to but um, I think if this had come a little bit earlier in her story it would feel more believable but because it comes after all that other stuff um, it, it doesn't quite ring true to me but um, yeah I mean any time this actress and well, I should really have her name I, I just always forget McCord. it but yeah I mean she's just brilliant in this role so um, I can't find too much to fault really that you know there may be a few kind of logic gaps in the story storyline but um, I just enjoy watching her um, on screen and I think I think actually her and Dylan Walsh have got quite a lot of chemistry as well so um, yeah I, I, I don't want to pick it apart too much I think it's um, just a few issues but overall it's pretty fun I think between her and Colleen like you've got a great villain uh, for this season, like, kind of, as you said, the big bad, but it's just kind of, they just get lost in both of them, and I think, kind of, I mean, we're going to get to Colleen more sort of this episode, because I think we're really about to get the evil Colleen that, you know, I think, I will say, as much as there's some issues kind of going forward with what we're going to get with storylines, I really enjoy it when she kind of goes full old psycho, but... Yeah, I just, I feel like we just need to calm Eden down at this point. We've had evil Eden, and I think kind of this is the part where we meant to redeem her. That's to me, like, you know, we had that with Ava, didn't we? Like, she's kind of getting redeemed at the end. And, you know, James sort of did, but she kind of was always going to be evil along the way. And just, you know, it's it's a nip-tuck thing to kind of have very evil people, but then kind of, 
you know, we had it with the Carver and, and, you know, Quinton and everything along those lines in many ways that they're doing it for good reasons, I guess. But it's just so bipolar with Eden. And again, this is kind of really going to be the last time we get vulnerable, we feel sorry for you, Eden, because moving forward after this, this is when just things go completely haywire and it's just... I don't know if it works so much in kind of what they do with the storyline, because you know I don't like the Julia Eden stuff, which they have with the freaking fruitcake crap. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like between Colleen and her, we, we could have had, a, like, a really good villain, which is, you know, because going into the second half of this season, I don't think we really have an antagonist. It's just kind of turned shit. Mm. Yeah, and I think probably, um, you know, I'm kind of craving a little bit of the, although I really like backstory, I'm kind of, I would really like to kind of see almost like a, you know, Heath Ledger Joker type thing where you see somebody that's just, you don't need to know the whys all the time. You, mm. just, you All you need to know is just this person's, this person's crazy and evil. And sometimes it's fun to just have somebody that's, uh, you know, unleashed and, and unnerved and, and that's just who they are. Um, so, you know, I think that, you know, to Ryan Murphy's credit, I think he wants to give a, a backstory to all these villains and kind of make them feel, um, you know, at least you know, humanize them as much as, as he thinks is necessary. And um, sometimes that means that, um, you know, we spend a bit too much time on that kind of stuff, getting to the bottom of why they are, and we don't get to just fully enjoy them being villains. But like I say, I'm, I, I think I'm nitpicking here, really. I, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying all the stuff with Eden. And, uh, yeah, like I think we said, it, it's good setup. That's a very good point, actually, mate, with the human. I think, I mean, Colleen kind of doesn't really get a huge backstory, but, um, I mean, I think... To Ryan Murphy, one that I highly recommend everybody to watch, uh, recently, the second series he did of American Crime Story, uh, based on the Versace assassination. And, uh, Darren Chris, who I guess is purely known for playing Blaine on Glee, uh, he plays the assassin of Versace and kind of this whole season that they do of this kind of delves into his past and why he you know, basically went on to murder uh, Gianni Versace. But it's done in such a way that, like, yeah, you're getting backstory, but you're always conflicted every single week of feeling sorry for this guy, and then all of a sudden, like, this guy's an utter bastard because he then turns into a serial killer. But it's just it's just done so fantastically uh, well. So very much Ryan Murphy and just the acting capabilities of Darren Chris in the show is fantastic. I'd love to be able to cover it one time because, I mean, I guess it's, it's vastly different from the O.J. Simpson one because... Everyone, I think, knew what happened with O.J. Simpson, whereas this was just something I was never aware of. So, um, yeah, you know I'm always going to be glowing about Ryan Murphy shows, and uh, that's just... It's a really good one. I don't know if you've ever... Did you even watch the O.J. Simpson one? Because if you like that, you would enjoy this oh, one too. Yeah, yeah, no, I watched the O.J. Simpson one and really, really enjoyed it. Um, so I'd actually... Um, I hadn't, I wasn't aware that the second season had come out, so mm. that might be something I'm putting my, uh, putting on my list of things to watch. Very much recommended. It's, it's really, really good. Uh, and I think the third season's gonna be on something to do with Hurricane Katrina, and then I believe the fourth season is gonna be on, uh, Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. So, uh, <laughs> things to no, look okay. forward to on, uh, yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very yeah, well done. Sure. Very well done. Uh, anyway, but, uh, we, uh, now having the scene where, uh, Christian shows up to this society evening, and it's, yeah, I see what you're saying about kind of comparisons to the Botox one, uh, that we had, what was that, in season two? Um, but I, I love the introduction straight away when Christian, uh, you know, opens the door and the lady's holding the cat, nice pussy, and just kind of <laughs> the look on her face. It's, it is very soap opery, but again, this is to me where this is very nip tuck because I absolutely agree with you. This is only something that works with Christian. This does not work with Sean because Sean's going to be questioning everything here. Sean's going to be like, and you know, kind of just walking out. 
Whereas, you know, Christian comes in, meets all these ladies who are just, what, like, you know, divorced, horny housewives who always want surgery and every single line is, what is it, like, still married but multi-orgasmic. Um, and just, like, all these lines. Um, and then we've got this dinner table scene where they're all just, you know, making references to tiny pieces of shrimp being her ex-husband and having a vagina tightened, but it was some Haitian, I can never say that word, pool boy that, like, made it untied or something like that. Uh, and then, basically, we meet all these other candidates for being their plastic surgeon. We've got the twins from Harvard. Uh, we've got this old guy who I have no idea why he's there. <laughs> so he's like, I went to Brown University, and everyone just looks down at him. Um, and then you've got some weird-looking guy who's basically, you know, assuming he's going to get the role, and uh, Christian's talking about how he doesn't even remember graduating because he was off having sex with cheerleaders. And this ultimately leads to him saying, oh, you want to see my qualifications? Which he pulls out his penis, and um, we like a loud... I love the loud thud on the table of him, like, putting it on the table. And just everybody's reaction, and he's just like, yes, uh, with a big penis comes confidence, and, you know, you don't need to be smart to be a surgeon. As you say, the bigger the cock, the greater the confidence. Uh, and then he's just like, any of you boys can trump my ace of clubs. Um, it's just, I love it. It's just so very nip-tuck, so very Christian. And, you know, because at the end of the day, if you want a plastic surgeon, as long as he's got a big dick, then that's going to be why you want someone to cut your face up. Yeah, yeah, and you you hit the nail on the head. Really, it is the most Christian scene of all time, isn't it? And um, I believe the the um, the correct term is um, when that sound hits the table is thwack, isn't it? Isn't, isn't that how you say that? It, 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 yes, it thwacks on the table. But um, yeah, and I and I do like this cast of characters. It almost does feel like I don't know, like like something out of Cluedo or like you know Murder on the Orient Express. Like all these people and like you know this kind of guy who's in this you know white tuxedo and these two twins and you know it is just really funny like it's uh um i I can't quite explain what it's like but it is like you know um just like some kind of murder mystery you can imagine this cast being you know um you know doing something like that it does really feel like for some reason it just feels really fitting and it works for me and um i like the reaction of all these women as well i think that you know they kind of sell it really well so it's one of those and i guess this is the most nip tuck thing to say ever but you know, it's one of those scenes that just should never work, but it just does. You know, like against all odds, this scene just works perfectly, really. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think kind of, you know, moving forward, there will be attempts for you know very nip tuck scenes, and there will be some hit and miss moments moving forward with nip tuck, where you know even in the bad moments of this show towards the sixth season, it's like you're still going to have your occasional scenes that it's going to be fun and very nip tuck. It's not all doom and gloom, but um, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. This, this shouldn't work. Um, like, uh, imagine reading that on paper, like, oh, they're all having a meeting, getting their qualifications out, Christian stands up and puts his penis on the table. Like, if you'd never watched yeah. the show and you read the script, you'd be like, what is this? Like, what's this got to do with plastic surgery? But, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. And, I mean, I will, I will say, I will say that I, uh, you know, as a completely straight male, but, um, I do feel the need to, um, see, uh, you know, Christian and, and all his, uh, glory <laughs> because, um, you know, it's played into so much. I, I just want to see the size of this thing to see if it, it really is, uh, everything you kind of expect it to be because it's such a big part of the story now, is it? Christian has a massive penis and that kind of gets him out of so many, you know, hot pickles, so to speak. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, I need to see artist impression or something like that. It does feel like we, we kind of need, you know, like if this was an HBO show or something, you would have seen, um, you know, 
the, the whole thing. Which, which, I mean, you know, that plays into um, Julian McMahon's hands, doesn't it? Like, you know, if he was single during this show, like, yeah, watch it. It's based on real life. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Know, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, look, you know, I, I would share that uh, viewpoint. I think. I think everybody out there uh, needs to. You know, see something with that. Um, meanwhile, we're back at the, uh, the, the, sur- well, the post-surgery of, of Eden. She's with Kimba and Ram. Uh, Kimba's got a script here about, uh, her next scene, uh, where she's basically a maid in a whorehouse and she grows up to become the, uh, the, the owner of the whorehouse after a Bakaki scene. Nick, uh, that's on your playlist, is it? Bakaki? Just, uh, leave that open for you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, no is the honest answer. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think I really want to go down this avenue any further. It's uh, probably just going to lead me to get in trouble in some way. Uh, people at home right now, if you want to Google what Bukaki is, please do it in a, like a private environment. And it's definitely not safe for work. Um, but one thing I'll say, like, you know, it's kind of just a back and forth here. Like, Kimba, you know, I'm the star here. I've done over 50 films. You will listen to me. And Eden's basically like, look, I know in porn, youth cells, I'm 18. You know, they don't want somebody for nostalgia. Um, and yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's an interesting back. Well, Kimba to me is sort of wasted in this episode. It's just kind of like, Hey, Kimba's here, uh, something to do with porn. And then, you know, this storyline kind of doesn't go anywhere really for until, you know, a little bit in the second half of this season. I think Rams in one more episode moving forward after this, but even then I think it's kind of just a blink and you miss it. So again, kind of another sort of storyline that's kind of here for the moment. It doesn't really go many places, but yeah, we've got Kimber here. She's one of the stars of the show. She's got to do something. Um, Sean comes in and ultimately, uh, sells Ram that he's got to go. And he then confronts Ram about how he can get Eden out of her contract. He offers to give a lot of money, but basically, uh, Ram says, Hey, you can, uh, help out a bunch of grannies. Uh, to get some implants and, uh, four grannies and then basically, uh, I'll get Eden out of her contract, which I do, again, like this kind of fun little nip tuck-esque scene of seeing these, uh, older ladies on a porn set, which, uh, yeah, very interesting. But, um, I don't know. I, it's just, again, very nip tuck and all this sort of stuff is, it's enjoyable. I, I'm enjoying kind of this stuff, even though the, again, the porn storyline doesn't really do a whole lot in this season. I think probably what makes this scene or these this group of scenes work really well is kind of um, Sean's reaction to them. You know, again, Dylan Walsh, um, the unsung hero, I think, of the show, and um, you know, just absolutely sells the look of disgust on his face. At the, you know, in a lot of these moments, just really kind of sells it. He's just like, oh, what am I getting myself into here? You know. Um, but yeah, and again, I think we, you know, we're kind of getting that that message that that Sean wants to be a good guy and try and do the right thing for somebody that probably doesn't deserve it. And um, so, you know, I mean, again, once again, this is the the most Sean storyline of all time, isn't it? That you know, he's he's kind of helping people out that don't deserve it and are probably gonna um not repay him um in the way that he deserves. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree with that. We get another fun scene here of uh, Christian. I guess working on uh, all these society types, <laughs> a bunch of uh, 
sex scenes, uh, and then, you know, cross between this and surgery. It's fun. It's, again, very nip-tuck. But I just kind of like the reaction on Christian's face here of, like, all these women having the time of their lives having sex with Christian. Christian's just like, yeah, you've got the boobs of a 30-year-old. You can do this. You can do that. Um, And then it ultimately leads to our uh, main character again, Lulu, who, um, let's just be honest, wants to look like a cat. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, look, I love Christian. Christian's great. You know, probably as we've established on all these episodes, our favorite, but you got to question a few things here when ultimately we get this reveal later on about checking the meds. Like we get it. Christian's kind of, you know, wanting to get this fame and he's trying to, you know, shortcut his way there through. But, uh, like how does McNamara Troy have a medical license after what happens in this episode? Like, these women are very highly yeah, connected. Like, it's... Yeah, so uh, we're, we're jumping the gun a little bit here, but Christian is being well, told I think, he wants uh, her to look like a yeah, cat and he's going to go through with it. Well, I think one of the things is that, you know, um, and, and, you know, if we're going to start picking picking out the holes in, in these kind of storylines is that I think in earlier seasons, so season one, two... Um, you know, like we had situations like this where, you know, like a malpractice thing might have come up is that you know that they're actually going to take time with the storyline to make sure that they, they, um, fill in those holes so that you can't mm. look back at it and go, oh, you know, and I think kind of like the Mrs. Grubman one is the one that, you know, sticks out to me that you know, when they left the instruments in her and that wasn't a storyline that was just left unresolved or, you know, we just, oh, we don't need to worry about that. And you can kind of see here where there's a little bit of a lack of care, you know, where things used to be done really tight. And, um, and, 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 you know, there was there was no – these kind of questions just never came up. And all of a sudden they are coming up. And, um, you know, right now, middle of season five, um, we, we're noticing them and we're picking up on them. I don't think it, it detracts from our enjoyment, but we might find when we start getting to the end of season five, into season six, that, you know, these things will become such a problem that we actually can't really enjoy the show anymore. Um, but right now it is it's something that we are picking up on, but I don't think it kind of gets in the way too, too much. Hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's, it's yeah, you got to enjoy, like, the scenes, though, like, of him having sex with the women, though. That's kind of a fun, like, Oh, yeah, though, scene. and though... And again, like, you know, really well kind of filmed and, and set up by um, the show as well that, you know, they could have just gone with three of these kind of, you know, really um, kind of funny um, slapstick kind of sex scenes. But they go with one of them, which is, you know, the first one. And then the other two are kind of like these slightly slower, kind of more intimate sex scenes with these these other two patients. So, um, you know, it, it doesn't come across as completely silly and corny. It's, um, you know, the, I think they get the angle just right, so to speak. <laughs> yes. Good, good way of putting it there. Um, we have uh, Sean and Eden. He's got the contract and uh, Eden basically, uh, you know, saying that, you know, we can be together and Sean going through all the, the parts of the relationship between the two that couldn't work and uh, Colleen watching on uh, as this sort of scene happens. And then I'm sure, I don't know if you're going to complain about the song here. I'm going to say it. I love the song here in this surgery scene when he's doing the surgery to make her look like a cat. We've got Tom Jones, What's New Pussycat. I just think it somehow works. Um, oh, which- yeah. And I think it's, you know, my... My rule is always try not to make it too on the nose, but um, in, in some cases you you don't care about that. You can kind of look the other way, and I think this is one of those ones where I definitely do look the other way. Yeah, you're right, it is a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to get too upset with that. Yeah, and I, I have to say, like, through all this effort, you know, Sean 
I guess, is too busy in his own life to never even question this. Like, and we've, and we've long established, again, long ago, that Sean is the face guy, remember? Sean is the one who's good with the microsurgery <laughs> in the face. And they got Quinton in to help, because he was more of a face guy, but, you know, he's off, you know, in Spain, still being the carver, essentially. Um, but, like, but somehow, Sean does not question this. Sean does not find out about this. Christian's doing this complicated face surgery. He's got a hundred photos of cats. And only a few hours into the surgery does Liz question it. To which then Nurse Linda, which, again, I feel like I've defended Nurse Linda a few times about her acting not being that bad. Her acting is terrible here. This surgery is nuts. I'm out. Uh, to which she storms yeah. out. And then what does Liz say at one point about something about where did you get that, your litter box, some quote or something like that. She walks out, to which then Christian turns to some random intern, you're a dog person too, and then just continues the surgery. Uh, I, I mean, it's funny, but I don't want to completely depict again. As you said before, there are a few things here we kind of just need to look over because, you know, how does this surgery even happen and get on the books without, you know, Sean noticing this or Liz questioning it halfway through? But it, I just love that line, you're a dog person too, to the poor old intern. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish we'd had a scene with, with Sean, which is like, you know, even Christian going, you know, I'm doing the surgery and Sean's too busy with his own life and he goes, yeah, yeah, whatever, go ahead. And then later on, he kind of, you know, realises what he's agreed to or, you know, whatever. Like, I just wish there had been a little bit of a moment with Sean where this doesn't feel completely disconnected from the rest of it. Um, so, yeah, it, it is a little bit annoying. Um, that, that stuff's there. But, um, yeah, I, I think that the surgery scene's really good. Um, yeah, and, I, you know, I think you and I are probably thinking about these things a lot more as fans than, than maybe even the writers are about, you know, that Sean's the face guy and he would be the one doing this. Like, that's not something that... The show's paying attention to anymore unfortunately yeah definitely the continuity a few bits here and there are just really starting to go out the door with that um so we then get uh, a scene here between i guess we've just talked about these two basically being our two antagonists of the season colleen and eden they get a scene together and uh first of all eden's on the phone we hear the name of Chaz again ultimately from a few episodes ago and uh colleen essentially telling eden uh you know that sean doesn't really love her that uh, that she's been used between her and Aiden and that uh, they're going to share her with a grip or something along those lines. Um, and then Eden sort of, you know, ever the, the person reader can sort of tell here that uh, Colleen is just saying this because she's in love with Sean. But I have to say, Colleen does handle it very well. Like, Colleen is a good manipulator herself in order to get Eden to believe her and basically saying that, yep, you know, you look at me and tell me if you think he's lying. I do, I do like the bit when she brings in the bear and it's like, I love you, I love you. And then he's just like, yeah, that's creepy and so are you. Uh, which it yeah, is, like, yeah. it is incredibly creepy. But I, I really enjoy this scene. I mean, I don't think this is top five worthy of being a, you know, a, a moment. Because again, as we've sort of established, this season is very much filled without their scenes, which are all going to fill up our top five moments of this season. But I just, I just enjoy these two characters kind of interacting, their only real interaction with each other. And just the the way they kind of are fighting over Sean, and ultimately, you know, that our big bads, if these are it, are, are both kind of in the Sean camp. Because I mean, really, with all our big bads, have we ever really had one that's been purely on the, the evil Sean side? If you know what I mean, like they've kind of either shared them both or really, you know, I guess being Christian sided. So yeah, I I really enjoy this scene between these two, and I think it's kind of it's I mean, it's important for the Eden storyline i guess moving forward because it's no longer going to be feel sorry for eden and it's kind of also going to be important for colleen because this is maybe the last well it is the last scene we kind of get of normality of colleen before we get the big reveal coming up 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and um, you know, the further we go into this, the crazier she gets, and you know, we, we're going to get onto that further. I've I found this scene to be really tense, um, in a good way. Um, Colleen's, you know, comes off as being super manipulative. She's probably quite good on Survivor, really. Um, <laughs> the one thing I would say, kind of, about the scene is that I think Eden's turnaround, you know, from you know that kind of you're creepy and whatever, you know, to to suddenly um being completely, you know, eating out of the palm of of Colleen's hand. I think that you know these these kind of don't quite feel believable to me like it just feels like it happens quite quick um but yeah i mean this still feels like a really cool scene to me i enjoy it so um again i'm I'm nitpicking on the margins because i do think it is a really good scene we'll just kind of lump a couple of ones here together uh we just get a brief scene here with sean and christian christian you know feeling a little bit cocky and happy here asking sean how the tv show is going and you know obviously feeling very uh confident in what he's about what he's done in the reveal that we're about to get and uh sean gets a phone call from bliss telling uh him to come meet her out at uh hollywood and high i think it is or some obviously shopping area in, in los angeles but uh then we get the reveal here of lulu we get hall and hoats playing with man eater great song uh, and they're all sort of waiting for the big reveal. Removes the bandages and the glass drops. And uh, Lulu loves it. But then we find out that uh, she's off her meds. She's bipolar. And she's been operated on, uh, basically, because she's crazy. And instead of these women wanting to sue the shit out of McNamara and Troy, they just basically say, fix her face. Otherwise, you'll get into trouble. Now, these people, like early on in this episode... Lulu did say that we basically marry these men, make them big, then divorce them and take all their money. So in no way, to me, would they not sue the absolute pants off McNamara Troy for this. Yeah. And it's just, like, they get away with murder here. Can I just say, Christian gets away with murder here. Uh, because there's so much around this, particularly with, like, media attention that comes with <coughs> Sean's fame at this point, as we're going to get in a couple of episodes of time. So I think there's a big plot hole around this story. Uh, but it's still a fun reveal, and I just kind of think it's just, you know, poor Christian in this scene. Once again, trying to get yeah. famous, but he's fucked up big time. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, it's funny. Like, one of the things I wanted to just point out that um, uh, in this whole scene with Christian and Sean in the staff room is that the grass is back. We we <laughs> talked a, a couple of episodes ago about it seems to have just disappeared, but no, it, it has followed them to uh, to California, so that's nice to see. Um I actually don't think she looks that insanely bad. I, yeah, I mean, I yeah, you probably don't want to look like that. But I don't think she looks like, like oh, my God, she's a freak. Like, it doesn't kind of look like that to me. So, yeah, but, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, that the, the he wouldn't just be getting out of this by undoing the surgery. There's no way that that would happen. Um, and, yeah, all the things about, you know, they should have been checking her meds before they put her under the knife and things like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's pretty interesting, that's for sure. Which, I mean... If they had a psychologist on staff to check these things, um, things might have uh, been a little bit better. <laughs> but um, she's off somewhere. Thou who knows not be mentioned. Um, we then get Sean out with Bliss, and this is where we get a reveal, which I'll just say, first of all, when I first saw this scene, I was like, okay, what's the big deal? She works at a store. Like, is this just like a side job? Uh, but we see Colleen, she's working at like a teddy bear stand to which, uh, you know, she obviously passes it off and he's like, hey, I'm just looking after my niece's kiosk. And Bliss, in the short amount of time that she's called Sean, 
uh, to when she's approached her, has done a lot of research here, hasn't she? Not only has she rang up mall security, she's also checked the database of all the agents in Hollywood. Uh, it's all been a scam. She's not really an agent. She's just some woman who wandered onto the uh, tour of the studio. She's basically a stalker who has uh, basically chosen Sean as a victim and passed herself off as a manager, and here she is. Now, we, we obviously saw a few shades of this earlier on when she killed the other agent, uh, stuffed him with uh, with stuffing. Uh, so, you know, we know she's a little bit psycho, but, uh, uh, like, if you're, if you've got somebody pretending to be your agent, who's not, you know, she's maybe just a bit stalkery, a bit creepy every now and then when she's, like, drunk and wants you to feel the boobs and everything, I mean, to Sean, she hasn't done a whole lot of creepy things, like, I don't know, like, I get Sean's reaction here, but is it as bad as you think it is? Wouldn't it just be a case of, like, oh, well, that's a bit rude, like, well, no, I don't want you to be my agent anymore, that's a bit creepy, I'll just move on, like... Do you want to yell at her this badly? I don't think it's as bad as it is, but at the end of the day, this is the big reveal. Colleen's not really an agent. She's a stalker. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things as well, is that his reaction, like this really angry and, you know, like the real Sean, typical Sean reaction of, like, throwing a tantrum and, you know, like he kind of pushes half the teddy bears off the stand and things like that. Like, you know, like if this was real life, then, you know, he would probably say, can you call me later? I need to talk to you. He wouldn't kind of make a big public display like this, but, you know, that doesn't make good TV, so they're not going to script that, that's for sure. So um, it does feel like a big overreaction, and I certainly think they sell the moment really well of... You know, like you do pity Colleen, and I think that that's, I think that that's really important for what kind of happens in the next couple of episodes with her. You know, I think that, um, you know, if if you kind of don't feel a little bit of of something for Colin and feel sorry for her, then I think her kind of story in the next couple of episodes isn't as effective. So I like how this is done, and you, I, I do really feel for her um, as we kind of leave this this scene. Yeah, no, completely agree. And as we mentioned a lot, the music, that creepy piano music. <laughs> Uh, and we're going to get even some more great usage of that very shortly at the end of this episode. I just, I just love that score, like Colleen's theme. I'm sure it's probably called or something like that. Um, we just get a brief scene here. Kimber and Ram and Eden all in bed together. Essentially, we're seeing here that Eden has, uh, not listened to Sean, uh, and has gone back, uh, to the, to the porn industry, ultimately, because obviously she's believed what Colleen has said about Sean. We, ne- we never really get a resolution. This is kind of a, a thing that does bug me slightly with this Eden and Sean storyline is that, you know, we don't get any, like, maybe there is a deleted scene of, you know, Eden approaching Sean. I mean, I guess I understand you don't maybe need it because you've had enough there from, uh, you know, Colleen telling Eden, but kind of moving forward with what's going to happen with Eden in the next couple of weeks, like, there's that's kind of it. We've had that nice little sweet scene between them earlier this episode with the contract to all of a sudden they're going to be yelling at each other in, like, two episodes' time. So... Um, there's that, and then, you know, I do kind of like the the bit, though, when Kimber's, like, in bed and sort of rams there, and you realise that he's sharing a bed with both of them, so, uh, there is that. Um, we get the surgery on Lulu kind of being reversed, and, uh, Christian sort of telling Sean, you know, go ahead, say it, I'm an idiot, uh, but, I mean, ultimately, as we always know with Nip Tuck, there's kind of, like, a theme to an episode, and this one, I guess, the theme is, you know, both of our two main guys, uh, you know, falling for things in the search of fame and never doing decent enough background checks and kind of getting themselves into trouble because ultimately Christian uses that excuse there with Sean when it comes to Colleen. Uh, and then we get this really intense scene at the end, which, um, you know, nominee for a top five moment just based on kind of its editing and just how it all... The shot, I, I wasn't expecting this to happen. I remember watching this live. And I think, you know, 
not a, a absolute certainty for our top five because I believe we'll have some other scenes here that could push this out. But I mean, you know, if we struggle, I think this definitely is in the conversation. Uh, but uh, yeah, Sean comes home. He having a drink. He puts his hand on the uh, the railing of his balcony. Finds some blood, and then we kind of get the music and this just the way the camera sort of stays in one shot all the way through to kind of follow with Sean as we discover Colleen's there. She's slit her wrists. Sean says, I'm going to call 911 and Colleen's. Yep, I think that's a good idea. Fade to black, we're out. That's the end of the episode. So pretty intense way to end the episode uh, for Colleen and kind of everything that's happened. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's how we end this episode. Yeah, and um, without spoiling the next episode too, too much, I would say that this would this would have been a great cliffhanger if the next episode picked up on it at all, but it yes. doesn't, yes. Um, <laughs> which is kind of really annoying. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a, I think... I really like this final scene. I think you know that it's well lit. It's almost like horror movie type thing, you know, which is an interesting way for this show to go, especially when you know where Ryan Murphy's career is kind of going to go. Um, you almost do, you know, it's kind of this kind of creepy, you know, colors kind of drained out of it a little bit. Um, yeah, and I, I think the kind of angles that you get in this final shot are really good. Um, and you know, it's it's very dialogue light. There's not a lot of dialogue here. It's just this kind of horrible scene where he kind of walks in, you know, what have you done type of thing. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really effective final scene. And, and like I say, it would be even more effective if we kind of got something more about it in the next episode. I think the, the only way that this gets kind of referred to again is that I think you kind of see, you know, her stitched up wrists in the in the next episode or whatever it is. You know, it's it, it's a shame that you don't get more about what happens with this but i mean yeah we can talk about that with the next episode um one of the things i just wanted to step back a little bit though was um when we're doing that kind of you know the undoing of lulu's surgery um and we get a bit of a decent dialogue scene between the two doctors which is something i realized we've we've been missing a little bit in the last few episodes and probably that's a bit of a mark of season five that these two guys storylines are not really crossing over all that much they're kind of going in two separate directions and it's kind of like you know two streams that kind of you know they run parallel and they cross over occasionally but it's actually kind of two shows in one a little bit now and um it's interesting that you know these scenes together are kind of short and functional they kind of just get the job done and um their relationship relationship the two guys is, is kind of it's not what it was and i mean even going back a few episodes ago when you know the whole stuff with julia and now all of a sudden that's not really a part of the show at the moment and yeah i'm just i'm really noticing that these two guys don't have a lot to do together um that it's really about two separate stories and um to a degree kind of christian doesn't even really have a story at the moment he's kind of mm. just you know he's filling he's filling in stuff while sean is actually the main character here which is it's just a really interesting structure that the season's got going and it's not necessarily a bad thing i think it's just really different from kind of what we've had in the first four seasons anyway which is again which makes this season so interesting because yeah i agree with you and i think that yeah the christian lack of storyline is just it's there considering you know it was kind of the reverse last season but you know the second half of this season and i know we still a couple of weeks when we keep talking about it, it's just it's scary to think we're that close it's like they really do switch focus to christian particularly towards the end of this season if you you know again as we are considering this all a 22 episode season not two parts but even then you've still got some sean stuff so it's kind of like, and we'll talk about the effect of the writer's strike and this break in between the halves of this season that just really change it. But, um, it's interesting because it's just, yeah, Chris, you're absolutely right. Christian's just really got nothing right now to do. Um, and then moving into next week, which obviously we'll talk about in a second, because I think it's a big shift even next week to what we've had this week. 
Um, it's just, it's just, it's just such a weird season this season. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, we've said it so many times. Um, but before we talk about next week, I guess we have to get to our rating. And, uh, what are we going to do with this? Are we buying it, renting it, or binning it? Well, it's funny because I feel like I've been really critical of this, um, you know, but having said that, there's not a whole lot I don't like about this episode. I think it's, you know, it's a fun, breezy episode. I don't think you're going to pop this in because you want to see, you know, a great kind of masterclass in acting. I don't think there's any massive moments that you're going to need to see, although it kind of does set up the end. So, I mean, it kind of leaves me in a bit of a funny spot um, and I'm still not entirely sure, but if I'm going to be really, really pushed, um, I think I'm probably going to buy it. Um, you know, I, yeah, it's, it's weird. I mean, I, you know, I kind of want to rent it, but then having said that, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there. So, you know, I don't want to be too, too overly critical. And while it might not be the best episode of Nip Tuck of all time, I still think there's lots here to enjoy. Um, the acting's fun. The scenes are fun. Um, and I think we get some good stuff towards the end. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty mild buy, but I'll, I'll put it in the buy category. I completely agree with everything you just said. I'm also buying it. I think that just, as I said earlier, there's just so much about this is very quintessentially Nip Tuck. And I think that, you know a lot of it just works because of this show and it's kind of harking back to, you know, when we had a lot of this, you know, memorably over-the-top soap opera stuff that just works. And I think, to me, the only real bad thing about this episode is, yeah, like a bit of a plot hole with the kind of storyline about turning this woman into a cat and not getting their ass sued off. So that's kind of it. But, you know, I think a lot of it also comes down to if you watch this kind of back-to-back with next week, this episode just stands out brilliantly compared to what we're going to get next week. So, yeah. Uh, but like as you said, it's not one of the best. I mean, I've got this currently at 38th overall after, well, I mean, I've included the next couple of weeks. So that's 38 out of 73. So it's just on, you know, essentially the halfway point of episodes right now in the lower tier of the buys. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's a solid enough episode to buy it. I completely agree with you there. Uh, but next week... We're going to episode 13. Is it lucky or is it unlucky? Uh, we're into August Walden. Now, this episode, mm, yeah, I, I am not a fan of this episode. I mean, look, it's not the worst episode, uh, by far, but it's not, it just has some things in it. Like, to me, the best bit about this episode is the previously on Nip Tuck section where we basically just get a show reel of every <laughs> shit thing that's happened to Matt in his entire life. That is the Yeah, best I think I've bit. actually, yeah, in, in the notes that I've written for that episode, I basically have got this little note that says the previously on is basically poor Matt. Yes. Um, you know, and so that's, yeah, and it, it is. I think there's actually quite, quite a, I actually quite enjoy the little storyline involving Matt. It is, it is pretty creepy, but, um, I, I don't hate it. Um, yeah, and I think, like, if I'm going to maybe, I might be the one defending this episode a little bit because I think we start to get some of the resolution to some of these, you know, these strands that are kind of just hanging there. Like, I'm thinking of the Julia stuff. Um, you know, like, we do start to kind of wrap a few things up so that everything does feel like they're at least trying to kind of resolve some of these these situations. So um, maybe I'll be giving them credit where they maybe don't entirely deserve it. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a bit of a messy episode. But is, does messy make it a bad episode? Well, I, I guess we'll find out next week. Messy definitely is a word for it. I think, I think a key thing to people to take note on is I think a lot of the stuff that happens, particularly with the Julia stuff, and, again, you know I'm not a fan of this Julia fruitcake storyline, it... 
there's so many elements that it was just remind me of the second half of this season, season six, where you've kind of just got this mundane, slow, just, it just doesn't feel like I'm watching Nip Tuck anymore. So to me, it's just got a few glimmers of what we're about to get. And yeah, the Matt stuff with this new character who gets introduced, I don't oppose it. It's a weird storyline, which fits in very much with Matt. It's just, I know this doesn't last long. It's a two episode thing. And then it's never mentioned again, essentially. So yeah. That's kind of where I look in the grand scheme of things. But, yeah, anyway, we, we'll get to it next week. So that's uh, August Walden. Uh, in the meantime, remember to like us on Facebook, subscribe to our podcast and all the channels that you want to get it to, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, if you do just want to find our RSS feed, it's on our website, theosnetwork.net, if you don't use any of those services. And all our previous episodes of Nip Tuck uh, on that website, just go to the tab at the top and you can drop down menu on TV. You'll find Nip Tuck there, as well as the interviews we've done with cast members along the way, and you can find them all there as well. And uh, we hope you're enjoying these as much as we're enjoying bringing them to you. Until next week, my name is Ben. And, Nick, your problem is you've got too much dick and not enough brains. And uh, my name's Nick, and uh, nice pussy. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.